0: or if you consider yourself a spiritual exile with no real place of belief to call home, then I have you especially in mind, and I hope you'll stick around. Mihai was an Italian-born Hungarian who immigrated to the United States when he was 22 years old to escape Soviet expansion and the totalitarianism in Eastern Europe, he would go on to become a distinguished professor of psychology at Claremont University and the University of Chicago, after putting himself through school, taking classes during the day, and working tirelessly at night. Obviously, his early life was no bed of roses. He was a political refugee, as cited, he had two older brothers. One was killed in the Battle of Budapest during World War II. The other died in the Soviet work camps in Siberia as a dissident. His father lost his job as a diplomat rather than support the communist regime, narrowly escaping execution or a work camp himself. And the family, which had come from Hungarian royalty, was reduced to poverty. So what was Miha's psychological specialty? The study of happiness. He would become the grand godfather of positive psychology. In spite of, likely because of, his own losses. And it appeared to him that most psychological studies of the 20th century focused on everything that was wrong. Mental illness, poor functioning, diagnostics in search of dysfunction. And this was helpful, but it was only half the battle. What about human flourishing? What about resilience? What were the emotional and the psychological and the spiritual characteristics of those who were thriving? And those who weren't thriving, those who lacked deep meaning in their lives, who found that happiness constantly eluded them, eluded them, sure they could gain insight through therapy and in counseling by having all their afflictions dissected but there had to be a positive healthy reinforcing element as well mihachik sent me i this one who had found true contentment himself in the face of so much disaster and negativity turned turned his attention to the positive, to discover why and how people, including himself, could be truly happy, truly joyous, fulfilled, and simple daily living. And what he discovered was no miracle of contemporary psychology. Happiness, he concluded, is a choice. Contentment is a choice. Fulfillment is a choice. And that choice belongs to each individual. I will quote him here. It is how we choose what we do and how we approach it that will determine whether the sum of our days adds up to one formless blur or to something resembling a work of art. But there is a paradox to this choice. The other half of Mihai's conclusions. One doesn't have complete choice in this life. Surprise. We didn't choose our parents, we don't choose our genetic glitches, our family of origin, our nationality. Our socioeconomic class into which we are born. The religious environment into which we are born. Our natural IQ. Our time or place in history. These are determined for us. By fate, by providence, by luck, by natural selection or by whatever. Our lives have a flow, a direction that we are born into. And this flow, this decision making power that we have only works within that. Flow. F-L-O-W. That is the title of Miha's most recognizable book. His most enduring contribution to human happiness. You can find his book easy on Amazon. He is the one who coined the phrase that we all use to describe a basketball player who is raining three pointers down from the rafters. That player is in the zone. You know that one? He simply cannot miss. He is in the flow. And it describes anyone who is rapturally lost in a task. He or she is doing it with all their energy and has lost all sense of time. All sense of obligation and surrounding. It is this mental state of pure immersion. A singer on a stage. An artist in her studio. A writer at the keyboard. A patron watching actors on a stage. Or the actor on the stage. A teenager playing Madden on his Xbox. I've seen this up close. The room could be on fire. He doesn't know. A marathoner who has caught that runner's high. A fisherman lost in the waters and the sky. And the breeze and the squealing line. It can happen to anyone with almost any activity. It is this chosen focused attention on the here and now. It is a hyper sense of wonder and wow. It is the falling away of time and ego and striving and scrambling or clinging. It is this engrossing, overtaking awareness of being carried along by forces outside yourself. Forces that you have chosen to give yourself to. And that is the paradox. You choose, but it is a choice To surrender. You decide. But it is a decision to give yourself over. Sometimes consciously so. Sometimes not so much. And you've been there. Every one of you. I know you have. Maybe not shooting three pointers at Madison Square Garden. Or losing yourself in a soliloquy on stage. But you have experienced flow. I know you have. Just the other day I witnessed flow and then I participated. Cindy and I were driving home along a highly underrated stretch of Highway 20 between Niceville and Freeport, Florida. And if you're driving east out of Niceville, the Choctahatchee Bay is on your right. A bit of Destin can be seen, but we don't want to see much of that. But all, all of Sandestin and all of Miramar Beach And all of Santa Rosa Beach feels the profile. And it's always beautiful, even in the dark. And it's always different. Well, on this day, there was this massive, gigantic thunderhead. And I had to get this picture from Cindy, because God knows she took 25. There was this gigantic thunderhead hanging above the bay, this single giant cloud there. And it was collapsing as a mushroom. Room cloud will do late in the day. The sun was beginning to, to, to set. And I bet I stopped four or five times while Cindy was trying to take pictures, crying out, Stop! No, we're behind a pole. Go a little further. Stop! No, we're behind a pine tree. Who put the power lines here? And then when I thought it was over, the setting sun hit that cloud in such a way that it'll stop you. And this does not do it justice. Next slide does not do it justice. I wish you could have seen it. Cindy had been in the flow for some time, shouting orders here and there, unconscious of the dangers of traffic all around us. But when the colors changed and that blue and silver thunderhead became the world's largest pink and orange cauliflower, I don't remember the rest of the drive home. Why? It was in the flow Of that moment. I had given myself completely to observing that. To participating in that. It was all in the moment. And you understand I think that. Be as an observer or a listener or a participant. Watching a movie, a game, writing a story. Flow is when we choose to give ourselves over to the life of a moment. Or moments. And it produces genuine happiness, genuine joy. And C.S. Lewis would say that the only response we have to joy is first to be stunned and the second thing is to try to share it with somebody else. That they might enter into that moment as well. Well, to the words of Jesus, such a flow exists within you. Rivers Of living water will flow from his or her heart, Jesus said in our text today. This living, flowing, guzzling stream that is the Spirit of God, that is Holy Spirit, it is living breath, it is God's gift of grace, and it is a gift available to and accessible by all, all who will choose to receive it. Because happiness is a choice. Joy is a choice. Fulfillment and contentment, these are choices that you make when you give yourself over to it, and when you go with it, when you go with the flow. Oh, the wisdom of Jesus that He offers. He is offering this true contentment that is always found within. Always. And it cannot be achieved by external accoutrements or add-ons, not even religious ones. Now, our religious tradition speaks of inviting Jesus into our hearts. Have you ever been offered that invitation? We use that phrase all the time, but it's nowhere to be found in the New Testament. How does Jesus get in there? Well, he doesn't have to get in there. The Spirit of God is already gifted to you. These wells and rivers of living water are already contained within you. If we explored this entire chapter of John 7, we would find that the religious leaders get themselves into a violent killing frenzy. Hoping to pull Jesus aside and put a rope around his neck. His teachings, his wisdom, his God given insights are so revolutionary that they know he will put them out of business if he keeps talking. And this works with marketing and advertising and politics and especially religion. That if you can keep people aggrieved, if you can keep people dependent, keep them in need of your services, keep them fixated on the external, not for one second let them find the God-shaped and God-fulfilled vacuum of joy and contentment that is already within them. Because if they discover that, they just might get free and quit listening to you. They just might get happy without what you have to offer. I wish I could spend 20 minutes on this one quote, Mihai, one more time. To overcome the anxieties and depressions of contemporary life, individuals must become independent of their social environment, no longer responding exclusively to its rewards and punishments. In other words, quit trying to get everybody to put the little heart like on your Facebook post. I listen sometimes to the lectures of a man named Alistair McIntosh. And he is a Scottish theologian, ecologist, activist. He's also a Quaker. I love his accent. I love Anna's accent. And I know you all do. I hear people never hear half of what I say. Oh Anna, is she gonna read again for us today? (laughs) Of course. But Alistair's accent, Anna, is that gay, heavy Gaelic, is it, what's the name of those little islands at the top of Scotland? The Hebrides, he's from the Hebrides, I think he grew up on an island with like 50 people, and he's got all this Gaelic uh, heavy accent, and one of the reasons that I love that is that I have to get into the flow to understand anything that he is saying. It actually stops me and slows me down, and I have to concentrate On his words. And in a recent lecture he quoted a line from Shakespeare as those from the UK are disposed to do. And it was a line I had never heard before. I have to tell you this whole story because I didn't want to get up here and say I read in Shakespeare recently because that sounds so pretentious. But it was one of Shakespeare's early plays and he was describing this guy in the play how he got out of a difficult situation. How he got out of a shipwreck. Do we have this slide? He tied himself to a broken mast, and there he was, floating, obedient to the stream. Floating, obedient to the stream. If Shakespeare were writing today, he would just say, man, I went with the flow, baby. 500 years ago, it sounded so much better. Floating, obedient to the stream. And I want to join Macintosh and Jesus and Chink, sit me high and apply that line to life. I want to apply it to faith. Do you want to be happy? Do you want to be more peaceful, more settled? Do you want to have more experiences of joy? Do you want that deep, quiet sense of fulfillment? Yes? Then choose those things. Choose to be happy. Choose to be at peace. Choose joy, and as you begin to make such choices, more and more you will find yourself going with the flow of your life. You will find yourself floating easy, obedient to the stream, being carried along by the rivers of living waters that God has provided. Everything you need to be buoyed along is already yours. The kingdom of God is within you. Jesus would also say. And Paul joins that thought in the book of Ephesians be strengthened in your inner person by the Spirit. And then Simon Peter joins them as well. God's divine power has given us everything we need for life, for holiness, for wholeness. Just go with it. I'm not preaching. Passivity, a spineless way of living. There are plenty of people in this world who just let life happen to them. And that's not what I'm talking about. Where you just go along to get along and there's never a point in time to go against the grain. So many people live a life that is just muted paralysis. But this is an active, vibrant, engaged life. I mean, have you ever seen a stream of water? Have you ever been carried along by a stream of water, then you know it is a powerful thing. Go with it. Let its energy carry you and move you instead of doing it all yourself. And again, I know you know what I'm talking about. We all know the difference, be it on water or in life, between floating peacefully along or fighting the current. Between paddling or panicking. Between letting the current take you naturally Or all that kicking and screaming, trying to control reality? Here's a vivid lesson for you. Ever seen these signs before? Could you share these with the tourists that visit? For those of you listening and not watching, I'm showing a placard distributed by our local emergency services department. It's advising swimmers of two things. First of all, the beach warning flags. I pounded these into my kids' heads when they were coming along. Green is good. Yellow, be careful. Red is bad. Don't go in the water. And that purple thing that happens every now and then. But then the the picture on your right, it warns about rip currents and rip tides. And when we have rip currents and rip tides, you'll see that red flag, that high hazard. Sometimes you'll even see the double red flag flowing. What What is a rip tide? Well, we know, but let's, for our own education, go with it again. These beautiful, fluffy sandbars just off the Emerald Coast, they have a way of collapsing and breaking. And it's like a dam breaking. And when they break, water flushes out and gushes out away from the shoreline, out into the Gulf of Mexico. And that water can move at speeds 20, 30 miles an hour The water moves at such a speed that not even a Michael Phelps or a Katie Ledecky or any other gold medalist champion swimmer for that matter can fight it and prevail against it. So what is the solution if you ever get caught in a riptide? Oh, it's the most counterintuitive thing you have ever heard. It's the most anxiety inducing thing I could ever tell you. Relax. Go with it. Let the water take you. Float obedient to the stream. Now does that sound passive to you? Does that sound boring? Does that sound easy? Watching the shoreline growing smaller in the distance. Feeling the enormous swell and power of the Gulf of Mexico around you. Choking down the panic and the fear. It's terrifying. But it is the only way that you will survive. It is the only way that you will live. One caught in this situation never paddles a stroke until the riptide has subsided. Moving parallel to the shore and then it's just a gentle wash back to the beach. And in my years as a hospital chaplain along this coast, I have too many stories. Stories I'm not even ready to tell yet after all of these years of holding the hands. Of too many parents and wives and husbands and college roommates of those who perished because they fought the current with all that they had and did not know that the only way to live was to actually surrender to it. I only have about three sermons. And I say the same few things over and over again, but I try to say it a little different each time. Number one. God is all love and God is all grace and God loves you. Number two, Jesus is the clearest manifestation I know of that love. A love that welcomes all. A love that transforms the world. A love that breaks all religious rules. And three, what I'm trying to say today. The only path, the only way to get into the flow of that love and life Is to let go and surrender to it. That's all I know. That's all the theology I know in three sermons. I've been doing this for 30 years and I can't come up with anything different. Stop clutching and clinging and fighting and resisting. Stop beating the water. Flailing and failing. You are exhausted and tired enough if someone hasn't told you that already. Let grace carry you along. That doesn't mean you don't care. It doesn't mean that you never laugh or cry or grieve or get hurt or get furious or frustrated or whatever. It just means that you don't let those things tangle you up for very long. Because there's another n- another bend in the river. This river of your life as you float in that direction. I don't know if I've tied all of these loose threads together today very well but I'll finish where I began nonetheless what about human flourishing what about resilience what about emotional and psychological and relational and spiritual characteristics of those who are thriving what is the secret happiness is a choice contentment is your choice choice. Joy is your choice. And as you give yourself to the flow of God's grace and mercy, these become the natural outcomes of the surrendered life.